0: Back in 2014, I had just left a career in aerospace engineering to work at a nonprofit in STEM education. I remember naively showing up to a middle school science classroom, rocket in hand, asking kids to join me after school to learn about space and engineering. The principal had said nobody would come. Our kids aren't interested in academics. I'll never forget that afternoon, walking to the portable, over 60 kids lined up to join Space Club. So in this episode, I reflect back on those early years of transitioning from engineer to educator, the impact of STEM, and my work as a STEM director. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends.
1: This is the STEM Space Podcast. Natasha, (laughs) your voice is tired. (laughs) Now you just said that your voice is tired. That's why I'm laughing. Not because I'm... Think it's are funny you, that you sound <laughs> so
0: sad. Well, I am tired and also sad, but I thought it was funny that my voice sounds sad. <laughs> but you know what's exciting? What is that? We're in the same room. We are. and This is weird. Sharing a mic.
1: <laughs> I keep looking at the microphone because that's usually what I'm doing when I'm doing this. And myths. I'm looking at
0: the screen, but you're not there. You're in front, you're of, in front. of me. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, this is weird, but also really cool because we usually don't get together. We live, what, four hours apart? Four and a half. I just drove it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In Texas, but Texas is pretty big. It's too big. So, we see each other usually once a year at the SEEK conference in Houston. But you came to visit me because you have not met
0: my baby. Now you have. It was so fun to see Fenya who is luckily asleep right now, so we're hoping we can record an entire episode without her waking up. Um, But it's so good to be here and see Fenya, and then our kids had the best time playing and hanging out, and one of them is still awake, but... (laughs) (laughs) For now. But, you know, that's one out of five, so that's pretty
1: good. Wow, that's weird. We have five kids. Five girls. We have five girls between the two of us. Our poor husbands. (laughs) So, we, you know, had these big ideas about recording podcasts when we're together. We're going to talk about lots of content, but you're you're feeling emotional. So, (laughs) let's let's let uh, the third chair in on on your emotions. What's going on, Natasha?
0: Well, I have how many days? like, 11 days left in my current role as CIS STEM director. So I was telling you just before we hit record that we need to re-record our intro mm-hmm. because I'm no longer going to be um, a program director. But then I realized you will be... I'm program director. Yeah, you're a program director. <laughs> so we just, right. like, trade it off. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And you've been doing that for a long time now. How many years? I just got notified that I have been with CIS, the so Communities and Schools of San Antonio, for eight years. Wow. Yeah. That's I feel a... like I should get a plaque or something. You didn't?
1: <laughs> I usually did not. They do one for like five years? I know, five and ten. So, so if I had just stayed like two more years, I'd get like a keychain. A key to the city. No, <laughs> yeah, just the keychain. Just the keychain. <laughs> <laughs> so reflecting back, I'm sure you've done a lot of reflecting What was your biggest takeaways and are you excited to move on? Are you sad? Mix of emotions, I'm sure.
0: Well, it's been a long time kind of coming to this point for me Mm -hmm. to leave because I absolutely love this role, being with community in schools, being with a nonprofit. The whole mission is to support kids that are underserved, you know, that don't get a lot of the attention. And the thing that I brought was STEM, which usually is for those gifted kids and those that are really great at math and science and have a lot of parent support because they're signing them up for these cool programs. And my job was to go to the kids that are dropping out of school or bored or, you know, have all other things kind of stacked up against them and get them inspired and excited through this program that we built Um, so I'm sad to be leaving, but it's because for very exciting reasons. So three years ago, we were able to partner with NASA. They gave us this grant, um, to expand space club and it's been incredible. And now we have 403, last time I checked, teachers running space club Mm. all over the world. So what started in San Antonio on the South side and let me let me do the backstory real quick, okay? I'm ready. Can I, can I start with that? Yes. Um, I'll never forget the moment. Have I told you when I came up with the idea for Space Club? Mm,
1: I'm, I was assuming he was on the phone with me, and I inspired you with some story about space.
0: <laughs> sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually alone. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what mm. happened was I was working for the Department of Defense, right? Um, I was working for the Navy and I was working as an engineer and I started volunteering a few years uh, for a couple years with kids doing math and science. This is when Vivify came about, right? Yeah. We were like, these kids are getting excited about when we talk about our job as engineers and how we can connect that to the math they're doing in the classroom. So Vivify was born and there was a whole story. We should probably tell the story. So okay. We should tell the story so, sometime how we came up with the name and all that next next episode. Yeah,
1: you're you're being sad right now. That's I
0: know. a happy story. So happy continue story. with your Still, sad. No, not- <laughs> <laughs> We should be eating like mint chocolate chip uh, ice- no I don't yeah. like that. Do you? We okay, pause. We just had an amazing apple cobbler that Claire made oh, it's good. with vanilla bluebell vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. just the best ice cream in the world. Yeah. Like-
1: Can I tell how to like make it first? I feel like I need to. Sure. It's was so easy. <laughs> really? Yes, it was okay in the crock pot, two cans of apple pie filling, yeah. one <laughs> box of spice cake mix. So you pour in the cans of apple pie filling and then top it with the spice cake mix. Do not mix it. And then get two sticks of butter and cut it up into tabs. I think that's is that a thing. I that's so. what you call it, right? Tabs. And then you just put it evenly over the top and then close the lid, and put it for two and a half hours. And then, yeah, that's it. It's good. My
0: four-year-old would not touch it (laughs) until she was (laughs) force-fed by my husband. And then she ate the whole thing. So So if you get anything out of this podcast, (laughs) go cook that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, back to the story. So, oh, how we came about this idea. Mm -hmm. So VILIFI had been going about for six months, and then I was like, you know what, doing VILIFI inspired me to want to leave my career in engineering and start this program. And so I got a job with CIS. I had never done anything with STEM. They didn't know what it was. So they actually got a STEAM grant. Remember this? Oh, yes. And so they're like, oh, so you get half the money and then our arts program gets the other half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not how it works. But okay. Um, so they wanted me to do robotics and mm. you know do our traditional STEM stuff. And I was like, got to do something, right? I got to come up with another type of program that'll get kids excited. So my I had to move to Texas to start this job. My husband was still at Johns Hopkins finishing up his PhD. So we were apart for a couple months. So it was in that at home alone, I had nothing else. I was just thinking of like ideas of stuff of what can I do with this program about. Um, so I just started thinking about when I was in eighth grade, I thought I was going to basketball camp, we oh, yeah. dropped off at a STEM <laughs> camp. And the thing I was most excited about was the rockets and launching mm. rockets. And I remember every kid in that camp was so excited to like be part of that rocket launch. And so that kind of got me thinking. And of course, our backgrounds, aerospace engineering, and I was like, well, maybe I can use that. And that's really where this idea of space, and I was like, space club. That just sounds cool. Um, mm-hmm. and I've told the story before when I like had to go to the principals and convinced them to bring this program to their school and they were very grouchy about it and <laughs> did not want to do it. And they're like the kids that you're trying to reach are the ones that are across the street at the playground just hanging out you know they don't want to come do this program that is going to have math and science and I said well I'm gonna trick them they're not going to (laughs) know that they're doing these STEM subjects because everybody always called it STEM club or the STEM program. And I was like, it has nothing with that word. It's just space club. That's all the kids need to know. Um, So I showed up to a science classroom with a rocket and a quadcopter. And I said, hey, guys, if this sounds cool to you, meet me after school. And then 60 kids were lined up that first day of space club at a little tiny portable that really should have only been 20 people. there's probably like fire code violation, <laughs> but they were packed in that portable. Um, and it's been like a crazy wild ride since then. And so fast forward uh, from there, the first year we launched a weather balloon, we did rockets, we did a Mars colony, like everything we're still doing, we like did that first year and then it just kept growing and growing. Um, and then we were able to expand this to schools across San Antonio. We would have the citywide Mars Colony competition and then now it's all over the world which is insane. That's crazy. So crazy and I have this really awesome job of supporting teachers that are now the ones implementing Space Club and so this transition just makes sense. So Communities and Schools is really focused on those kids in San Antonio, and I'm still going to be supporting them, but I'm just not living in San Antonio anymore. Um, so my transition is to focus more on Vivify. I'm in grad school trying to get that PhD for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> is it crazy? And then supporting Space Club. So now we have Space Club as a program through Vivify that any school can run. Yeah, and
1: what an amazing takeaway. I, I have a few things from that story. Though, that really stick out to me. One was the things that you remember from your childhood that inspired you, and you're using that to inspire other kids. So for those of you that are listening, you're probably teachers. Something inspired you to become a teacher. So think about the things that stood out to you. I'm sure that's probably your why as to why you're teaching and how great of an opportunity it is to be able to use STEM to inspire future STEMists. So think about, like, we're not doing crafts. That's the thing that we always talk about. I've had a lot of kids that come up to me and they're like, oh, I don't want to do STEM. I'm not really into crafting. Like, Ooh. oh, yeah, no, <laughs> mm-mm, I don't do that either. <laughs> this is funny. more more than that. And just make sure that you're being intentional about talking about the real stuff. We talk about STEM careers and, and you know, launch a rocket, talk about the physics there, because that's really what's going to matter and stand out to them. And then the other thing that you said that well, I thought was interesting that I studied in my grad school classes was about um, how your brain works. And you know this, but I feel like it needs to be reiterated, is you came up with the idea of space club when you were alone. And we don't give kids enough time for them to just think. Think about in this world, they're constantly having phones or tablets or TV screens or things that are fast paced. Uh, I've heard that our attention span has gone from like 20 seconds down Mm -hmm. to like four seconds or something ridiculous like that. Yes. So are we giving kids enough critical thinking time? So that's an exercise I've done in my classroom where I just have them sit there and be like, I just want you to write down everything that pops in your head, just words, just write it down. And it really gets them to like, just sit and just think, be with your, your own mind. Think of the things you can come up with. Especially your story. You came up with Space Club that's now worldwide. Yeah. Just very really big. And alone. it seems
0: like such a simple idea. Mm-hmm. And it's usually the simple ideas that have the biggest impact.
1: Oh, yeah. How many times do we think to ourselves, oh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. When there's something amazing, like this car seat that changes into a stroller, it just blows my mind. But <laughs> I have this time around <laughs> the Duna. Anyway, um, cool. why didn't I think
0: of that? So, it's, so yeah, it's Space Club and then. The real, um, I guess, impact that I feel I had with CIS was STEM Family Nights. Mm. It was something that I was not expecting. How those came about, I was doing Space Club the first year. The second year, I thought, I want to show off what we're doing. So the parents would come out to weather balloon launch. They would come out to a rocket launch, but it was just like an afterthought. Yeah, sure, come see your kids do this. And I was shocked at seeing parents in tears when they had their kids launching a rocket. Or one year we made these like silly videos. They were these, the kids were talking about the effects of um, being in the International Space Station what that does to the body. And they were like pretending to float and it was so cute and very silly videos, like stop motion animation type. Mm-hmm. And this mom like was bawling because her daughter was on the screen. This like video she made and she was like recording it on our phone. And that's when I realized how important that was. Mm. And we could do incredible things in space club. And so these students are not the top students. They don't get the awards. They're not the A honor roll. They're not the ones walking that stage, getting that certificate, you know, in middle school. But the parents, when they can just see, wow, my kid's being successful, that makes all the difference. Because then that parent will say, hey, you should sign up for this math class. Maybe it's a little harder, but I'll help you. Maybe you should think about this career path. Um, a recent STEM night, we had uh, we have a station called Microscope Mystery that we do. And the parents, uh, with their kids, wear a lab coat with the station. So before you can like come uh, to it, you have to wear a lab coat. And then you get to do this little activity with microscopes. Oh, that's cool. And one of the parents really like, that shifted her mind when her little girl, who was a third grader, was wearing a lab coat. And she said, that just made me, like, oh, you, maybe you can be a scientist. You talk about science all the time, but I never thought of you as a scientist. And that simple thing of, like, wearing a lab coat shifted her mind. And so that, so getting back to these family nights we started inviting the parents to space club and we actively engaged them in what we were doing. So whenever we would do some sort of project, the kids had to have their parents do it with them at these events. Mm-hmm. So they would interact with like makey makeys. They'd have an interactive video game board that they would do. Or if we're learning about Sphero, they the parents would be involved in the design challenge. Like we've done the chariot race. You have to like yes. pop the balloon. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And that is, shift was just like so impactful all of a sudden the parents were texting me like when space club how do i get my kid in oh, that's you cool. know and that could have an impact
1: so i I'm sure that the parents were involved or did it just happen naturally like it's like did you say you must have a parent or parent has to do half of it or did it just happen
0: yeah we okay so let's there was a shift right so first i started as just space club family nights Okay. And so the kids would invite their parents out to see their project. Ah. And so we were showcasing something. So it wasn't come out to our night, we'll talk at you, mm-hmm. present something to you. It was come and then they realized how fun they were. And so we would do one in the fall semester, one in the spring. And we always had a huge turnout in the spring because they were like, that yeah. awesome. And we would also have food. Gotta have pizza yes. and lemonade and, you know, something to get the whole family there. But the, uh, the reason they became STEM nights, which STEM nights are school-wide events, I had a principal come out to one of our Space Club family nights and was like, how are you packing the cafeteria with just an after-school program? Because we had like 40 kids in the club, but then they are bringing like their grandparents and aunts and uncles, like the whole family was there. And he said, how can we engage all of our school in this? I was mm-hmm. like, That's an interesting idea. Let me think about it. And so our very first STEM night, Harlandale Middle School down in San Antonio, what I had the Space Club kids do was help me come up with their favorite STEM activities and then they were the ones that ran the stations. Gotcha. And we invited the entire school and it was like this huge amazing event and that just kind of snowballed from there it was like how can we package something that any school could put on and the goal was to show schools that there was a different way to host parents at that school. You're not just like talking at them and, you know, mm-hmm. just like lecturing. It was engage them and show them like there's this culture of wanting them to be involved. And then you're also building a culture of learning where they're getting engaged and understanding more of the content. And that has been so cool. And the one thing that I'm really like, this has to stay, has become like integral at communities and schools. So last year, um, right before the pandemic, we hit 32 STEM nights a year. Wow. And so last year, just in three months, we did 22 STEM nights. So they're like insanely popular, which is amazing. And we're going to keep doing those. Um, so I'm very proud of that piece. Yeah. I think that is, is really cool. Yeah, that's, that's
1: really incredible. Have you ever had like guest speakers come to the STEM nights, like STEM professionals? So that's more of like a talking at you kind of thing. But how do you
0: incorporate that? I have tried all the models, so <laughs> <laughs> we've kicked off a STEM night with a speaker, which has been okay. Okay. The middle school has this unique thing where sometimes the, okay, so the parents want the STEM night from like 5, 5.30 start so they can get off work, they can go to STEM night. but kids go home at like 3.45 mm-hmm. and we might lose them because then they might not come back. And so we had some schools that actually tried to do a one-hour something with the kids. So we've had them watch like a movie, like a STEM-related movie, like that robotics movie. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. Um, or do a guest speaker at that point. So it was just directed at the kids, and that worked really nicely. Okay. Because with a STEM night, it's like a come-and-go event, and it's really hard to like incorporate a speaker. Yes. We've tried to do it at the end of the night where it's like, get your passport, and then if you stay at the end, we'll do a raffle, which was okay, but like chaotic. Yeah. Because it's just like trying to get an entire cafeteria of people building stuff and doing things was it like the flow didn't work. Right. So, where I put the STEM professionals now is at the stations. I'm okay. like, yeah. welcome. Google Fiber has been one of our people. Come to your station, have the, so they'll bring in like their uh, headsets, right? The virtual reality, and then they'll talk directly to the parents and say, I'm so and so, and I work at Google Fiber, and this is what I do. And we're local, and it engages them with like professionals who actually work in the city, have similar backgrounds, and that to me is one of the most impactful. And then the volunteers really, really like it. Yeah, I think
1: that's a great idea. Cause we always talk about how integral STEM careers are to talk to talk about them and expose students to them. So that's another way to bring that in Definitely. and get uh, the parents seeing where what their kids are doing goes towards something like that. So that's a great idea. So I'm planning my first STEM night. So I'm really excited about that. I should come back. And um, you should come <laughs> back. Yes,
0: please come back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, you can use our landing guide to put on
0: your first. Stim I night. am
1: heavily leaning upon everything that you've done because it is so thorough. It's a lot. It can be overwhelming, but I think the key is to start small mm-hmm. and really think mm-hmm. about your audience and how big you can be and all of
0: that's in the guide. So it's been
1: really can helpful. Can you do a little
0: teaser? Do it. So this is not official yet. So I can't tell you who it is, but we're working with a vendor to put together a STEM family night kit. So right now you can buy our planning guide, which is a PDF download. It gives you all the activities and then you have to go buy the stuff. So you have to go find all the materials for like blobs in a bottle is one of the activities or catapults. Which they're linked, so you don't really have to yeah. find them. We, you know, show it, it you where to It takes a little them. bit of work, though. So. <laughs> um, so what's exciting, and I've had so many requests on this, is can I just buy a kit where mm-hmm. I can just stem in a box, basically, put on a stem night? Because that's what we do at CIS. Everything is kitted. So I can just give you all the kits if you're a school in San Antonio, and I just show up, and then 30 minutes, you have a stem night, right? Mm -hmm. So we're trying to do it where you can just like click a button and have everything you need for STEM night. So we will give you more details, but that's very exciting. That's
1: incredible. So I like how, you know, you're sad because you're moving forward and moving on from your time at CIS and doing all these incredible things, but now you're still able to give that to the rest of the world really, and making it even easier for people to reach everybody with STEM uh, with these kits that are coming soon mm-hmm. and the uh, space club. We have all the information on that and the links where you can still do that at your school um, through Vivify. So
0: yeah, exciting things. Okay. I'm going to end with one last story. Do it. Okay. It's all about the kids, right? This is why we're teachers. Uh-huh. and Like education means so much to us. I so. thought it was the money, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. There's so many things we could say there. Um, yeah, it's, I just, the thing that I will be, I'm sad about, and I know that you're sad about not being in the classroom this year, but you will be in a different role, still be engaging with students, um, is getting to see my space club kids every day. So Mm -hmm. when I was working directly in San Antonio, it was crazy, but it was so much fun because I would drive to a different school every single day In my STEM-mobile, as I lovingly called it, with all my STEM supplies. So if there's any teachers out there, there's a lot of STEM teachers that are mobile. Like they're in a cart. I did that. Yep. For a year. Yeah. I don't know how many do it in a van or in a car (laughs) where they're like driving from school to school. I don't recommend it, but it's Mm -hmm. something. Um, And so I bring the STEM to the school and it it was so much fun. Um, But it's the kids, right? That just, the ones that really stuck with it. I would do 6th, and 8th graders. So I had students that started as 6th graders that would come back as 7th graders and come back as 8th graders. And they're the ones that pushed me the most because I had to keep changing yeah. <laughs> what we were doing. So I'm like, I you know... Because oh my- they'd let you know. They'd oh. say, oh, I've done this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've already launched an Estes model rocket. Like, you know, and I'm like, well, do another one. <laughs> it's not cool anymore. <laughs> oh, no. But they always loved it. Um, and so there's one student in particular that... Well, there's several, but this one reached out to me recently because this is kind of funny. He was like, where's my money? What? (laughs) So he won a scholarship in Space Club. As an eighth grader, he was the winner of the Mars Colony Competition Scholarship. So the winning um, that we took Space Club Student of the Year nominations that year Mm. from all the different teachers and then we selected one, and they actually got a thousand dollar college scholarship. Wow! From one of our funders, as an eighth grader. So he had to wait from eighth grade until now to get his scholarship. And I told him, I was like, just email me, and we have the money for you. And we we've, we've literally been saving this wow. check for him. Um, so I say it in a funny way, like I was expecting this email, and it was really cool that he reached out. So now he is going to study at the University of Texas San Antonio, Mechanical Engineering, and Computer Science. That's amazing. So Wow. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: And not many people get to see that kind mm-hmm. of fruit from their labor, so that's yeah.
0: really amazing. And I have several of my female students actually coming to Texas A&M um, this year mm. and next year, and they want to be engineers, so I think I need to do like a Space Club alumni group. I think you definitely should. And have a pie party
1: at AM. Ooh, <laughs> that's another that's another, podcast. That's another story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's that's incredible. And we we don't think that every kid needs to go into STEM career, but mm. there's so many kids that don't know that that's available to them, exactly. and that's why we do this. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Bigger and better things. Thank you, Natasha, for sharing your story. I'm sorry, you're an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it's all good. It's, it's all good. All good. <laughs> well, more next time. We still have to talk about some stage three STEM aside from the amazing Space Club stuff with our mission to Mars and mission to Moon. And we'll talk about that probably in the next episode. So stay tuned. But for now, STEM Space out.
0: Do <laughs> do